Today's episode of The Chaser Report brought to you by Aldi Brandless Cola. I mean, I honestly just want to say, are you okay? Coke is like 50 cents extra. You can do it. You can just buy a Coke. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report for Thursday the 4th of October 2021. I'm Dom Knight. We have Charles Firth, Gabby Bolt and Craig Rewcastle here today on a very happy day. It is a very happy day. We can finally make jokes about that missing girl Cleo. Cleo Smith. Charles, no, that that was the the only good thing that's happened in 2021 is that they found her and she's fine. Yeah, so we can now, now that she's fine, we can make, we we can talk about it, can't we? No, we can't. Pretty sure that's that's the definition of punching down. Charles. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm amazed that Craig's saying too soon on something. You're getting middle-aged, Craig. But, but it's all—it's a good story. It's a—it's a happy story. There's yeah. no tragedy there. So let me stop. let's I just work through, Charles. Let's work through. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is good. Like, so just firstly, I guess we need to find out your position on this. So I understand where you're coming from comedically. Yeah. Are you pro or con her being found? Where are you on that? <laughs> Look, for fear of being cancelled, I'm going to say I'm very happy for everyone involved. It's a good start. I think it's a good start. I got to say, I love that Charles has waltzed in here being like, it's a happy story. The child who was stolen for several weeks and locked (laughs) in a house by herself is alive. Like, being alive, yeah, I'm glad she was found alive. But, like, childhood trauma is surely being suffered now. It's not exactly a positive story to make jokes about. Yeah, well, certainly not since you brought childhood trauma in. (laughs) Since you said those words, we were sort of being jolly. We were joking about the idea of doing a segment on it, and then when you said childhood trauma, then we were doing the segment. That's what we were trying to get at. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say what I was about to say. But I I think there's a lesson in this for me as a parent. Oh, yes. Um, Firstly, put one of those air tag things on my child's leg and um, just get it surgically implanted. But secondly, you know why she was found? It's an amazing thing. The reason, and just incredible work by the police, the reason Mm. why she was found is because the person who kidnapped her, I don't know who it was at this Mm. point when we're recording, was buying nappies and the neighbour knew that they didn't have a kid because Cleo was still using nappies even though she's four. Mm. And I've been on at my daughter for literally the past about 15 months Mm. to toilet train. I get so upset. I've tried everything. I cannot get her Mm. to poo in, she's three and a half, and I cannot get her to poo in in um, the toilet rather than in nappies. And now I'm like, darling, you're wearing nappies till you're 20. <laughs> yeah, right. Between this and watching the Barbadook for the first time on the weekend, I think I, I mean, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'm never having a child. Like, it's all, it all just sounds like a negative, negative oh, situation. Horrible. But the other lesson is don't go camping, isn't it? Isn't that oh, the yeah, other true. lesson from this? Like, yeah, I was thinking that was the what your lesson was going to be from the Barbadook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and don't read your children stories. No, is the other lesson that from lesson is don't own a home. In that case, I feel. Yeah, I haven't seen the Babadook. I can't watch horror. Oh, you're uh, very squeamish, aren't I'm you? I'm very like squeamish. I can't. There's no gore in the Babadook. You'll be fine. It's very scary, though. Yeah, I don't like scary. Mm. But I mean, camping, like you're in an environment where mm. you can break into someone's tent just by doing a zip. That's and, stupid. And also, you know, the whole Lindy Chamberlain thing, like. This has happened before. Parents should know that you never go camping. You never be- go camping. Because it's really uncomfortable. And to never go outdoors. No. Probably is good. The great outdoors, not. it's not that great. No. No. And look, if, if she hadn't been found, almost certainly, like, 
we would have then hung the parents ultimately out to dry. Yes, and for, just for a few, just for a decade just or for so, a decade and then they would have been yeah. redeemed. I think he's going to be interesting if you've linked to the camp. He's going to be interesting to see the boating, camping, fishing advert take on this. <laughs> uh, so, what have we concluded at the end of this conversation? Should we or should we not? Have talked about Cleo Smith. It's a topical podcast. We talk about the news mm. of the day. This is the news of the day. Mm. Should we abandon the plan of the podcast and do something else? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Uh, coming I, up on the show, Craig has yeah. a flawless solution about the Melbourne Cup. Also today, political commentator Sean Kelly on the Morrison-Macron scandal. And uh, more tall tales from me as we play another round of Fiction or Furphy. That's all coming up. But first of all, let's go to Rebecca Danamuno with the Chaser News headlines straight after this. Joe Biden has cemented his position as the most left-wing president that America has ever had. The leader pledged yesterday that the superpower's next invasion would be 100% carbon neutral. Scott Morrison has claimed to the UN Climate Summit that Australia will become a world leader in carbon capture. Experts say this is true, mainly because no one else is dumb enough to invest in the technology. After a week of scandals, Scott Morrison has finally taken responsibility for something. On Wednesday morning, Cleo, the missing toddler in Western Australia, was found alive and well. Within minutes, the Prime Minister had congratulated himself on social media for her recovery and promised he would be taking full responsibility for the feel-good story of the year. That's the latest Chaser news you can't trust. Subscribe to the Chaser Report in your podcast app of choice. And remember, I'm Rebecca Dana Muno, and I'm available for bar mitzvahs, weddings, funerals, and I'll even do the odd hit job for the right price. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Craig Rucastle, when he's not uh, saving the world as a climate warrior and war on waste guy, also consults for various <laughs> nefarious organisations for a segment we call... Craig's Flawless Solutions. Caution might contain flaws. <laughs> Hello again, Craig. Good to be here. Good to be here. Who's paying your bills this month? Uh, yes, uh, I'm being employed by the Melbourne Cup. Wow. Uh, oh. To fix the Melbourne Cup, which of course was on this week. What was uh, what's yeah. wrong with the Melbourne Cup? It's an icon of the Australian calendar. I know, I know. It's uh, it's a great way that people of Melbourne love to celebrate and get dressed up. But mm. uh, there is uh, a few things about it at the moment. There's people are turning against it a little bit because of the old um, uh, the killing of horses occasionally, oh. that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but isn't that part of the enjoyment? 
Well, yeah, look, that is, that is, that's mm. generally the mainstream view, Charles. Of course, uh, <laughs> I know that you only attend for the killing of the horses. Mm. I've, I've been with, with you to the Melbourne Cup. You just turn your back on the race. Yeah. yeah. Occasionally oh, yeah. we go, Charles, I think they're going to put one down. You're yeah. like, oh, finally. Oh, yeah. the green blinds are here. I'm paying attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. now that you work for them, Craig, I'm, I'm happy to see that you made it around the entire lap and weren't euthanized. It's really nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, to yeah, see yes. that you've been put to use. Yeah, it's also, I, I am quite short, so they got me in. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But no, look, so they just see, <laughs> Is there a way to overcome that kind of stigma about mm. the fact that the horses are getting killed? And there's a couple of solutions I've come up with, I ah. think, and I don't want to speak too early, maybe mm. flawless? Oh, good. <laughs> oh, great. Well, when have your solutions <laughs> ever had flawless when have before? ever been? Uh, so the first one thing is what you do is you make it so that people can complain a lot less about it, right? Because you go, look, there's a, there's a mm. parity here. Mm. So, yes, occasionally a horse may be flogged or die, mm. but we do it in such a way that the owner also succumbs to the same end. Oh. Yeah. So the owners are, you know, in the side of the track in a little cage before they're in their own little cage, you know, one, two, they line up. We're probably, I think they should wear the same colours as well. Yes. Mm. As so, the jockeys. So it's like, a, it's like a syndicate. Yeah, it's like a syndicate. And yeah. the, the owner is there and, of course, uh, so if, if, the, if the horse gets whipped, they get whipped. Oh, time. Yes. And, and, of course, if the horse yes. does happen to trip over at some point in the race, yes. vets come out, well, it's only vets. What yeah. if what if they so the, say the horse breaks its leg? Mm. Yeah, but um, the vet decides, oh well, we don't actually have to kill it this no, time. No, this is the great bit. You can just break the owner's leg. Well, this is a good bit. Is, is it you? You would yeah. give the owner the obvious choice at that point, going, well, what do you want? Oh. Are we breaking your leg or are we putting you down? I love it. <laughs> I think it just adds that extra yeah. element. It's a bit more Squid Game to uh, to, to the Melbourne <laughs> Cup. And so. I mean, I presume most of the owners would usually get drunk, wouldn't mm. they? Isn't yeah. there a problem that then they'd have to give the horses beer and, and champagne and, and they'd be very unsteady on their feet during no, the race? It's, it's not that it everything, slow down the race? It's not that everything that happens to the owner happens to the horse. And oh, it's also, really? it's also to not? be fair, Why it's, not? it's also not that everything that happens to the horse happens to the owner. For instance, you don't have a short person sitting on the owner for the whole time. Oh, although, you should. Why although not? Actually, that would make it more flawless. Yes. <laughs> but also, the, the owner gets all the money. The owner gets millions of dollars of prizes. Mm. Why mm. doesn't the horse just get to eat? The owner's money <laughs> instead is like put it in a feed bag. <laughs> I think it'd be yeah, great. It's good. It's good. I see. So already, I think you just like now there may still be protests saying we shouldn't kill horses, but I think in most places they go look to be we've been pretty fair about this. Yes, you know, yes. especially because it's people like John Singleton, isn't it, <laughs> yeah. and Jerry Harvey who own horses. Mm. Like I, I have a feeling that. I think, you know, even the jockeys would be sort of trying to <laughs> trip the horses <laughs> yeah, yeah. over. Yeah. yeah, and I think yeah. Jerry Harvey actually signed his horses up to JobKeeper, didn't he? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the good thing as well, because I, mean, I think the person that won this one, the owner that won it, had two horses in as well. You know, it's like double the jeopardy. <laughs> like he could have he could have both won the cup and also been put down at the same time. It would have been great. Yeah, that's great. Mm. Now that's – if that doesn't – there is – I do have one other solution. I think that one is probably – No, that, I mean that is good. pretty good. It's yeah, false. It's hard it's to false. Yeah. Uh, Can we bet on the outcome of the owners being killed as well in sort of a death pool situation? Mm. Of course, Tom – 
Of course. It's just Australia. You can bet on everything. Oh, this is goodness. the very nature <laughs> of everything. What would be the point of doing it yeah. if you couldn't bet on <laughs> you it? You couldn't bet on it yeah. some way. The other thing I was thinking is, and another way to turn and take away some of the complaint, is, you know, people are like, they love horses, they're a majestic animal, and, you know, all we were going to do with them in the end is put them out to pasture and they were going to have a beautiful rest of their life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what if we change the Melbourne Cup to be cattle? And you ride cattle, because then <laughs> yes, when they get put out to if, pasture. Well, if they if, if they trip over and somebody comes out and shoots them, you're like, well, it was going right. to happen next week anyway. <laughs> it oh, just I takes see. a lot of these like a lot of yes. the pressure is taken off. Stakes all round. Yeah, Stakes nose all to round. plate. Yeah. You just well, <laughs> it would increase the stakes. <laughs> but then I presume. <laughs> oh God, the sweepstakes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I presume then the same thing happens to the owner. The owner also gets trussed and carved up um, and and served to the crowd, right? Yeah, well, well, if you put both together, Tom. Which is a brilliant idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so cows. Can you ride a cow? I mean, just out of interest. If you, the jockey was small enough, surely that cows would be can a take even big. I mean, this is the thing. You can cows Are can take sure? a lot of weight. I reckon. Do you reckon? I don't think I've anyone, ever seen anyone riding a cow, and I feel there might be a reason I th- why. I think that's just because they're not enjoyable have to you, ride. Have you not? Got, sorry. Have you not gone to a rodeo? Oh, yeah. No, no, but they're bulls. They're different. Gabby's face is suggesting that maybe they're not different, Charles. <laughs> if, you can, if you can win the Melbourne Cup on the back of a raging bull, I think you deserve the prize. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by your partner hating ice skating. It's true. You were right. They hate it. And there's no reason they should pretend to like it in front of strangers. And it's not weird of you to bring this up, okay? You should confront them about this. You should tell them. You should tell them how you feel. So Sean Kelly's here. His new book about Scott Morrison is called The Game, A Portrait of Scott Morrison. It is out now. We're going to talk to him about it in detail for an episode that comes out on Monday. But Sean, as you're here... Keen to get your read on the whole Macron and climate kind of roving catastrophe that seems to be going on at the moment, where there's leak, counter-leak. I mean, you're in the press office for Rudd and Gillard. How's mm. he doing at this point? Oh, you would be uh, you would be absolutely running around like a headless chook right now if this was, if this was happening, if you were in the PM's office. It is... It's very strange. Normally diplomacy happens at this really subterranean level and, and people say, uh, they, they, they utter a sentence and they add a couple of words in and suddenly that's international news and everybody's reading the tea leaves. Mm. But, but this is not that. This is Macron openly calling the Prime Minister of another country a liar. Yeah, mm. I don't think so. I know so. <laughs> incredible, <laughs> incredible. And the US president, you know, Biden, meanwhile, saying uh, this was clumsy mm. uh, and then our government seems to be leaking private text messages yes. from the French president I mean it, honestly it, it is hard to uh, 
uh, overstate the strangeness of the situation. So, I mean, has the government ever leaked private text messages before? Like, that, that seems like such a huge... Like, you'd be pissed off if your friend did it to you. Like, Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, look, Didn't I, we hack Angela Merkel or something? Wasn't there some weird thing what? like that? Did we? <laughs> Look, if any if anybody did, we did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't recall it happening. I don't, I don't want to say never, but I can't remember yeah. it happening. Yeah, because yeah. we were discussing yesterday on the podcast that because Genghis Khan was the person who invented diplomacy, and he used okay. to if people didn't obey the rules of diplomacy, like, yep. so he yep. respected you know other people and didn't murder them, you know, yep. if they were coming yep. on a diplomatic mission, but if they ever broke diplomatic rules he just murdered them <laughs> and it was like would you know if, if scott morrison leaked genghis khan's text messages mm. would he have murdered genghis <laughs> khan i think the answer is yes uh, undoubtedly undoubtedly yeah. yeah really gruesomely <laughs> yeah that's right all right quick fact check angela merkel's phone was hacked not by us okay we tried to get into yudiono's phone uh as ah. agency so we've tried to do this <laughs> um, in that sense, but no, it, it's it's this weird kind of dog eat dog, and I don't know. It's it's just compelling but embarrassing, and it, we were feeling a bit like other leaders were ganging up on Morrison. So I'm just wondering if, like, is he running out of time and credibility at this point? Do you think, or do you think he's going to skate through it? Well, I, I mean, I think you have two elements here. You have the international level. Now, there's a, a really open question, I think, as to whether the things that international leaders say on the world stage mean as much as they once did. I mean, I was saying before that the subtlety has given way to loudspeaker. And maybe in this world of everybody endlessly performing and endlessly yelling at each other on Twitter, those words mean as little as any other words. Maybe it's not as big a deal as it seems. But then domestically, uh, I don't think Morrison will care very much. I don't think, you know, somebody... Somebody said to me yesterday, I think on Twitter, uh, there isn't a marginal voter in the country who's going to be suddenly swung in their voting habits because the French president decided to have a go. Uh, I, I don't think it. I don't think it's important in Australia. But it was pretty embarrassing, you know, on you know Tuesday night, I think it was, where he was walking around without a mask on, mm. and no one. No one would even talk to him. Like, like that's got to play. And that was all over Channel Seven, Channel Nine. Mm. Like, like, it's he just looks like he's isolated. Like, just visually. Like, yep. even if you don't know the detail, you know, he just kept on being snubbed. Like, yep. Why did he? Why did he not wear his mask? Mm, I, I look. I, I don't have an answer to that. I I will say, and I know this makes me sound like a spoil sport. When it comes to when it comes to reporting on foreign trips, I do think uh, you know perhaps in Morrison's defence, very small things often get reported, get over-reported, and that's because the the press are sent overseas. They have a tiny amount of time to file stories. They're under immense pressure. Uh, they're under even more pressure than they used to be because they're all having to defend their budgets because of course the media has less money than it used to. So they have to come up with stories to justify their networks, their newspapers sending oh. them overseas. Uh, and so I think sometimes very tiny things get blown up. Now, the Macron thing obviously mm. isn't a tiny thing, uh, but Morrison walking around being snubbed, uh, I'm just – I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, right. And finally, what about climate? Because this has been a very long road. You were in Canberra for much of the, the whole – all the imbroglio with Rudd and Gillard and now this and Morrison being mm. a changed man. The, the Australian way, a plan to let technology save us. Do you think – People are buying it internationally. And do you think it'll work domestically? Uh, I absolutely don't think people are buying it uh, internationally. It is incredible if you watch the series of 
of international figures willingly being interviewed on television right now about Australia's position. I mean, why are they willing to talk about, you know, a medium-sized nation, or really a small nation's climate policy? It's because it's so far behind the rest of the world. And I think there is some small danger that that becomes symbolic, uh, that becomes symbolic of what countries can do if they simply decide to break off from the international consensus. Uh, no, Australia's position is embarrassing. And it's, it's really sad. You know, I, I was in Copenhagen travelling with Kevin Rudd uh, what's that, 12 years ago, and there was some sense that perhaps a deal could be broken. And I remember when Obama flew in towards the end of that trip, there was a ripple through the conference centre, everybody got a little bit excited, and then you know, within 36 hours that hope had just died mm. away. And coming back from that conference, uh, it was, was incredibly sad. Gen- genuine feelings of sadness, I think, in everyone. And 12 years on, uh, things are still moving far too slowly. And in this country in particular, they are just moving at sloth's pace. It's mm. horrible to see. Right. Well, we're, we're nowhere in climate, uh, but at yeah. least France hates us. We've achieved something. <laughs> 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 Look, I'm, I'm all here for freedom fries over French fries. I'm, I'm here for that rhetorical shift if that's what we have to do. Yeah. I think it's got a good ring to it. All right. We'll have a longer chat with Sean about uh, the origins of Scott Morrison's persona and... Can you eat scomosas? That's on Monday here on the Taste Report. This episode is brought to you by the COVID sex line. COVID sex line. Are you stuck indoors? Frustrated that you can't go on any Tinder dates or make inappropriate sexual advances on your co-workers? Well, you should call 0100 COVID sex. COVID sex. There are 10 breathtaking women here waiting for you, gasping with desire. Welcome to another instalment of Fiction or Furphy. This is the game where Charles Firth tells a story that is either fiction, which means made up, or a furphy, a true story that's somewhat exaggerated. We have Gabby and Lachlan ready to tell fiction from furphy. Gabby, are you ready to try and pick whether Charles is lying? Oh, I never am. <laughs> so this this happened about two years ago. We'd just uh, come off a, a couple of years of doing radio on Triple M. And we wanted to make an album of all our best sketches, right? And the idea for the title of the album was Live in Engadine, right? It's a good topical yeah. reference that will yeah, last yeah. us till the end of the day. Yeah, exactly, right. But we didn't have a photo. There's no, on, there's no Shutterstock stock photo library you can go to to get a photo of Engadine Maccas. So I volunteered to drive out there to take a whole lot of photos of Engadine Maccas. And I arrived there at about 3 p.m., that is the time when all the school kids flock around Engadine Maccas. So I'm trying to get this photo of a fairly deserted Engadine Maccas. But instead, no matter what angle, I'm getting all these photos of basically schoolgirls hanging outside the front of Engadine Maccas, uh... eating their junior burger and their cheeseburger. And anyway, after a while, this guy comes up to me, winds down the window of his... SUV, four-wheel drive. And basically, well, let's just say, you know you're losing an argument when you say, no, no, I'm not a pedophile. (laughs) I'm just taking a photo of the building, not the people hanging out the front of the building. So anyway. No, this is is my flatmate's shirt. Was Charles trying to get a picture of an empty building? Is this a furphy, a largely true story that's been embellished or a fiction? What do you think, Gabby? I mean, I want to say fiction just for Charles's uh, credibility sake, yeah. but I, I'm going to have to say fair because I just feel like it sounds like one of those things that would just happen to him. 
Yeah, Furphy and Bellish. Charles was at Macca's buying food himself. He was in the drive-thru probably as well, and it all happened. Look, it's it's a Furphy. It was largely true. I turned up there. And the thing was, I just kept on having to argue, no, 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 this is where the Prime Minister shat his pants in 1997. It's got nothing to do with the schoolgirls. This has been fictional Furphy. And I know, I remember that story happening, actually, because that was the name of the album we were going to do. And Charles <laughs> did take photos without people in them. From a large distance away, and now I know why. <laughs> well, we had to pull the album in the end. Uh, no. This has been Fiction or Furphy. Furphy, unbelievable. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Today's episode of The Chase Report brought to you by Peter Dutton Offshore Childcare. Pay for us to take your child for three days and we'll give you an extra four years free. Peter Dutton Offshore Childcare. Craig Abin, Charles, I've got some good news. I had my third dose today. I went and got my third. I'm super vaxxed. Are you that sick? Yes. (laughs) Are you on death's door? Because I thought it was just like literally only people who are minutes away from dying. Yeah, and shout out to my immunologist who occasionally (laughs) listens to this podcast. Thanks for all of your service. No, but I I got it in in the best way, and this is a little bit of a tip for listeners. Oh, yes. um, Because it hasn't been six months. Ooh. Ooh. It hasn't been six months. But my GP had all this Pfizer that was about to run out. Yes. So Ah. they were just like, ah, five months, it's fine. Just stick it in the arm. So it's actually not unethical if you do that because it was never going to go to African nations that only have 0.4%. No, we, we probably anyway. owe it back to Singapore or something. I don't know what yeah, the deal yeah. is, but um, so so so. Just when does it ethical for, for rich white people to get their third dose before the rest of the world? Well, this is the in thing. that case. Okay, yeah, our yeah, whole yeah. plan is, is actually not ethical at all. Like no, none see, of the boosters. It's, are it's deeply, deeply unethical to get a booster shot. But because it also shows uh, how fundamentally selfish we all are. Yes. Mm. Like, let's face it. Like, we are all going to get booster shots. We're we? not. We are not. It's the one interesting. Like, it's where you're not. People aren't generally complaining about the fact that we got it first. As a matter of fact, we were complaining that we didn't get it early enough. Oh, we were mm. complaining so much. Mm. We were furious. Mm. Yes, and it was based on the expectation that well, we're rich. We should just get it ahead of Paul. It would, it would it be funny if to see if Scott Morrison had run that argument rather than running that <laughs> it's not a race argument. He'd run the argument. I believe the third world should get it first. <laughs> well, he actually, because the thing was, he no said, one would have believed him. <laughs> he said Australians no. are at the front of the queue for vaccines. He actually said those words, and we were all like, "Yeah, of course, of course we are. That's that's our position. That's like, our God-given position." 
<laughs> if he had run the argument that Dom will be ahead of the front of the queue for the third jab, yeah. I would have opposed him. <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of becoming an anti-vexer. <laughs> Dom, Dom, are you at all worried, though, because you did get this cheeky third booster at a month early that maybe you'll start growing, like, another arm or something? Like, what if you become, like, the Terminator? What would be like, the downside of having a third arm? <laughs> that would be fantastic. Well, I, yeah. Yeah, I suppose that's true. More Particularly things given to wave at. Dom's existing two arms are so weak <laughs> that a third yeah. arm would only yeah. really bring him up to normal parity of no, two-armed people. It would b- basically make him have 0.6 of an arm in total because <laughs> <laughs> each arm is about one-tenth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that means, I mean, I should probably go and get a fourth dose for, <laughs> if I get a third arm. Can I just apologise to the people in yeah. Australia for that? Can I just apologise for that? Because um, Charles made a joke there, but he got the maths wrong and yeah, he that claimed that three times one-tenth was 0. 0.6 and yeah. obviously that's 0. 0.3. Yeah. Um, we're really sorry, like you know, and we'd like to make jokes and stuff on this kind of thing, but sometimes we should be, you know, there's certain things you can't get wrong. I know, I'm sorry. And Charles, that was not respectful to the Numerate Australian community, yeah, of which you were apparently a member. <laughs> <laughs> so my tip is, anyway, just you know, not a comedy thing. Just go to your GP and see if they've got any cheeky Pfizer lying around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just take advantage of the system put in place to benefit everyone in the country. Look. <laughs> Okay, I'm at the front of the queue, but I'm sicker than all of you fucks. So, you know, <laughs> our gears from Red Mike Friends, we're part of the ACAST Creator Network. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars is very welcome. But the main thing is say something mean. Yes. We love, we love the Something movies. mean about Dom. Although There's you, been a few. You, oh, really? Oh, great. Yeah, it's, but they're all five star. That's the great thing about it. Yeah, so that's great. I take yeah. them in jest, yeah. even though they're probably not meant in jest. Yeah, but you can say something mean about Craig as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. sure. Give yeah. five stars, but be mean to me. That's like literally the most fun I could have in life. <laughs> Catch you tomorrow. <laughs>